Hey everyone, this is a special episode. We're dropping this on Mother's Day and this episode is about Black motherhood and mental health. And I'm so excited to have a friend, sister, longtime friend as a guest <laughs> of this podcast. Her name is Wheezy. Actually, do you want me to say your governmental name? You can say them yourself if you want. But I know her as Wheezy. I've known you for how long? Uh, 2009, 13 years now. Yeah. Um, and I have seen, known her since she was single. And now she's like a whole married person and a mother. <laughs> so I, I, I was inspired to have this conversation because having watching you do motherhood in an unlearning and relearning way, <laughs> like right. the way as opposed to how we grew up it was really inspiring and then just knowing how you take your mental well-being seriously as well as your daughter's mental well-being seriously i think that was really vital for me to have this conversation with you because i also think that a lot of young moms who are upcoming or like people that you and i know or even people who are now mothers they're still navigating motherhood and so i think it's really really cool I've watched Weezy parent for like a couple of weeks or a few days. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a really inspiring to watch. Like me and her will have conversations after she puts her daughter to bed. And then you're like, whoa, that's challenging. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so Weezy, go ahead and introduce yourself before we go further into this conversation. Uh, yeah. Hey, everyone. This is Louisa. That's my um, government name, but my nickname is Weezy. Um, like she said, we've known each other for over 13 years and she's literally seen every stage of my life pretty much. And I'm super excited to be a guest and can't wait to get started. I know. I'm excited. Thank you for being here. (laughs) So straight off the first question, because this is going to be conversational, but I'm asking her about a lot of questions about her journey to motherhood. So the first question was, um, what was it like for you emotionally when you found out you were having a baby? Man, I was on an emotional roller coaster. Like, I would say the first three months of my pregnancy was like a down because, you know, we all have plans for our lives. We all, you know, have goals that we have set, like future goals that we want to meet by a certain time. And before my pregnancy, I was like ready to begin that journey. I had just gotten a new job and I was liking it and I was ready to travel the world. I had all these things planned out. And then, you know, I ended up being pregnant and it was, it was a shock really, because now I'm thinking like, okay, now what's my future going to look like? Mm -hmm. And what about the future that I had intended, um, had planned out for like, how am I going to be able to accomplish that now that I'm going to have someone else? here who's going to be relying on me so I would say I went into maybe like a mild depression because it was more of like what what about me because I knew the moment you know I decide I make this decision it's going to no longer be about me honestly Um, based on what I've grown up seeing it's usually more about the kids and I'm like okay well what about me so I went through like three months of a pity party is what I would call it, where I was like, woe is me. My life has changed. I can't believe it. And um, after three months, I finally realized, you know what, this is this is what I've chosen. I'm capable of doing it. 
And I completely changed my perspective on, on this. And like, since then it was more of joy and excitement. Like, I can't wait to, to go into this new chapter of motherhood. Great. So it's interesting you say that, um, the first trimester, am I right? Is that what yeah, it is? It is. That, that you kind of were like, it's not the selfish zone. Cause I've heard a lot of people talk about like, was I being selfish as a mother thinking about the things that I could have accomplished without this, you know, this, the pregnancy or things like that. Mm-hmm. So towards the end of the trimester, you know, things change and you're out of like this kind of mild depression. Was there a specific trigger or like, is there a decision that you made that, okay, this is it. Uh, like, was there something that drove you to like, kind of change the perspective? I would say it was a combination of maybe the hormones had finally like mm. settled in my body. Cause also hormones have a big, a huge play in that first trimester. Your body's kind of trying to figure out like what's, what's going on here. Um, but I would say I had a conversation with, um, my mom actually, And, you know, I finally got the courage to tell her. And when I told her, she, she realized that I had been a bit low and she told me, you know, whatever feelings you're experiencing right now, you're actually putting it onto the child. So she was like, so try to be as positive as as possible. She was like, you know, Mm -hmm. she assured me you have the support, you, you can do this and you're not going to do this by yourself. And I don't know, it's just something like just clicked and I knew I didn't want to bring any negative vibes um, to my unborn child who, you know, this is not her choice. Like she didn't ask to be here, but it's now my responsibility to make sure that she, her environment, basically my stomach was a positive one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a safe and positive one, you know, and um, it just clicked and I decided, you know what, I'm just going to look at this from a positive aspect and take it day by day. Right. So I, it's, it's, it's funny because I didn't know that. Like, I know I've known that like, whatever you feed the child, whatever you listen to, I didn't know that there's an emotional attachment to like as deep as that, like whatever you're feeling can be passed on to the baby. And I think the reason we're actually having this episode is from a, is from an aspect of how we were raised as children. And just mm-hmm. to back it up a little bit, you know, I don't think when our mothers were pregnant, this is maybe information that they knew deeply. Maybe in their subconscious they knew, but I don't right. think they understood how maybe the things that they were battling were going to be transcended into us mm-hmm. or whatever was happening externally and internally to them would come to us. Because I think there's always an assumption when you're pregnant, as long as you eat healthy, you're good. (laughs) Right. Right. And so I have a question, you know, we've had a conversation about how you parent, um, Noel. And so what made you decide that I'm not going to raise her the way I was raised? Now, this is to say, me and Weezy always say that there's no blame game to our parents. Mm -hmm. I think they did the best that they could with what they had and what they knew at the time. What we're living in different times, um, self-awareness, self-consciousness, and even the world of technology has made us just realize so much about us. So what made you decide, I'm gonna parent my child differently than what you had? Um, well, like you said, uh, there's no blame game. Our parents did the best that they could. And I feel like even, 
parents now, you always want to strive to to provide a better environment, better things to your um, to your children than you had. And so for me, coming from Kenya, obviously, it's mostly you you're not allowed to technically have a voice as a child. You are, you know, you can't have opinions or you can't uh, show certain feelings um, without it being um, taken negatively or taken like disrespect. So one of the things that I said is I want to be able to provide my daughter a way to speak with, to me freely, um, not feel like she's going to be reprimanded for having, you know, age appropriate thoughts. You know, sometimes we would used to ask our parents age appropriate thoughts and we would just be it's either um, shut off or we're being disciplined because it's considered disrespect. And I just knew that was one of the first things that I said, I, I don't want to do that. Um, now, as she grew, I realized there are certain things that she may do that got me triggered. Um, for example, like if I told her, hey, put this away and she didn't do it immediately, I would feel myself get triggered. And I actually had to have an honest conversation with myself and say, why am I so upset? Like, why am I getting so angry um, right. when she's really honestly um, doing what she's supposed to at that stage developmentally? But why is it triggering me? And that got me curious and got me into reading a little bit more about the psychology of how kids are developmentally to help me understand some of the behaviors and not take them personally. Um, but then it also helped me realize there's a lot of like unresolved trauma that I didn't even know I had. And, yeah. um, and I said, well, I don't want to bring that over to her. I don't want to react in a manner where then when she grows up, she's doing the same thing to her children. And I, I was like, I just want to break this cycle for her. Yeah. And powerful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think this is something me and you always talk about when we get together. It's, it's how that we pass on so many things to each other, even like in a friend group or, right. but I think that the relationship between parent and child is much more powerful because these these people gave birth to you. And I think for me, it's always like, I'm always here, like I need to make them proud because there was this sort of like idea when I was a child that you had to be perfect. And I don't think they did that consciously. It's just like the cultural sort of like um, aspect we grew around. So when you talk about you had to come to terms with um, your own unresolved issues, Right. How have you dealt with that to be the mother that you want to be and need to be? Well, in the moment that I'm feeling triggered, I actually just step away. I will step away, take some time and actually speak to my inner child and say, hey, you're safe. Your child mm -hmm. is safe. It's OK. And actually process what I'm feeling by um, questioning where it's coming from. Now, as far as once I find out what it is that's triggering me, how I move from that, it's either having conversations with people in my family or in my past that I feel like that emotion is coming from, or honestly, just actually allowing the emotion to pass and accepting it and, and moving past it. Um, I feel like most of the stuff that, you know, we get triggered by is stuff that we haven't dealt with on an emotional mm. level. It's stuff that we swept under the rug. And um, once they I try to it. come, you know, the, I feel it. I feel yeah, it. right? <laughs> right. So sometimes when it comes, 
it's trying to come out in the form of a trigger and the way you respond, we don't take the time to actually investigate where it's coming from. We just tend to go with that impulse feeling and just act out um, from it. And, or even after we've acted out, we don't really come back and question ourselves like, okay, where did that come from? Because that's not, that's not who I am or that's not who I want to be. But um, it's taken every time. It's like a learning process. Mm -hmm. And every time I have a trigger, I actually have to take the moment to sit back and think like, okay, is this, am I really upset about this? Or is it something deeper than that? And if it is something deeper, then I actually have to investigate for myself and find out where is this coming from or just feel that emotion and let it pass through and learn ways to um what's the word i'm looking for learn ways to regulate myself back to a stage where i can i can parent her because right yeah one of the big things is when i'm triggered there's no way i'll be able to calm her down at all like an unregulated person cannot try to regulate a toddler especially or anybody to be honest um so I have to, I do have to step back, regulate my emotions and then come and um, basically show her. Um, and by me doing that, I'm actually setting the example. So I'm hoping that when she grows up and she sees like, oh man, I'm feeling angry. I've seen mom feel angry and she took mm-hmm. time to herself. I'm going to take time to myself instead of reacting from yelling or hitting. And I think that's great because also that, that also transcends into her relationships with everyone in her life. I feel like for me, like my parents used to like react, right. Instead of like responding, is that what we do? We react instead of responding. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, like I always used to like, it's react. And like, I'm learning that is so hard. Like, you know how difficult that is. (laughs) Even now as a mom, I'm sure it's like a, what do you call it? It's like a constant like practice. Cause there's some days I'm sure. Are there days you feel like this is, I can't today. I just want (laughs) to girl. Yes. I'm telling you, it's like, yes, I'm, I've acknowledged what I need to work on, but putting into practice is definitely different and it's super challenging. And there are days where I would give myself an F for failure because I'm like, man, I, I lost it there. However, the, the good thing is you can always, as long as you, you're working towards that goal, if yeah. you fail, you can always correct it. Now she's in a stage where if I mess up, I can come and tell her, Hey, mommy messed up. Like I did not mean to, you know, speak in that tone or didn't deserve that. And I can say, sorry. And that's also teaching her like, Hey, you can't be perfect all the time. Right. You know, it, it's okay to lose it sometimes, but you, how you, respond after the fact is what's important is what's also important talk to me about why it's important for i guess one to have the inner child's self-awareness and then two why is it okay for you to um kind of like why do you have why do you feel the need to go say to noel hey mommy messed up because that wasn't in our culture i mean you couldn't (laughs) oh for a parent to come say their son, <laughs> oh, what? It would be Are in the form kidding? of food. Is there yeah, a policy? So the inner child is also having the, that honest, honest communication with your child as well. Because I think it's, I've watched you and Noel, and you know, you always have these. She's a child, yes, but her brain is developing. So it, it's able to hold on these grown up kind of conversations. And I say this in mm-hmm. quote because she's still growing up. 
there's this mm-hmm. idea of like when you say mommy messed up she's like it's okay mommy like i've seen yeah. her say that to you because yeah she's also aware that mommy doesn't do this to me all the time and right. I've, I've watched her vice versa go say mommy i'm sorry so right. that first i guess your inner child and then second that honest open communication with your child so as far as the inner child part um i think it plays a major role because like you said there you have certain triggers and you'll react and based on how you're reacting is what your child sees we are like the first example for everything Mm -hmm. for children like how how to speak to others how you interact with others how you deal with situations you know everything like you are the your child's first example so if i didn't take the time to look at what these triggers and where they're coming from or speak to my inner child i'm basically showing noel like hey if something somebody doesn't somebody doesn't um do what you ask them to do you yell Mm. if somebody doesn't do what you need you hit like those are the examples i'm setting for her and it was very important for me to show her like hey this is things that i didn't see for myself Mm. i want you to see there's other ways to resolve issues there's other ways to um communicate um with other people instead of her struggling to to figure it out as an adult which is essentially what i'm doing like i'm trying to figure out effective communication all while raising her um the good thing is i'm grateful that i know like some of the things that i do doesn't isn't communicating effectively and i'm working on changing it but then as i'm changing it i just don't want her to go through that you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. i'd rather just go ahead and set the example the best i can and hope that as she becomes an adult, these are things that she'll already have in place. Right. Being able to tell her like, hey, mommy messed up is huge because sometimes um, we never used to get explanations as to why we couldn't do something or why we got in trouble. So as a child, you're obviously gonna go and think to yourself, something's wrong with me. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna say something's wrong with me. Like I'm bad. Like when a simple explanation would would have, have sufficed, it would have sufficed. Like telling me like why I can't do something instead of just saying, you can't do it, you're being bad. And then I'm just left with just that to think of as a kid. Um, I don't want that for her. I want her to know exactly, like if I'm telling her, you can't do this, this is why I'm telling you. Oh, mommy yelled at you. That's not how some people are supposed to speak to you. And I'm sorry. So that way she'll know, like, my own mom doesn't speak to me like this. I'm not going to take this from anybody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, a couple of things there. There's the idea of giving an explanation to your child. I think that's one of the most important things that we could have ever had as a kid. Because... For me, being whooped or whatever they call disciplining version, I never used to get it. <laughs> I don't know if you felt that way. Because yeah. I would be like, but okay, then what was wrong with what I did? And that's why you find that we repeated most mistakes. Right. Because because you're just getting whooped without reason. And then they're angry at you because, and you don't even get why they're angry. Mm-hmm. But then you know it's wrong because you know. Have you ever, like you remember how our parents like? 
I, my dad's nose would like change. That's when I knew he was pissed. Yeah. So, <laughs> you are more afraid of this human being more than you are of like anything else, which is why secrets were better to have. Right. And right. circling back to the open, and I know you want to have that, you know, parental boundary with your child. You want to have that friendship boundary with your child. But I also feel like it's very important to have that. You want Noel to come tell you at least everything with a place of no judgment, correct? Right. I want to be her safe space. Like, I don't, we don't have to be friends. Um, and I don't have to be like laid the law of the land as a parent either, but I will be a safe space um, for her um, to talk to me or come ask me whatever she may want to. And um, I feel, yes, to some extent, I had that safe space with like my parents. But it was more of a, I was scared. Like, I really, like, it would really have to be an emergency for me to right. be going to, to, to tell my mom <laughs> something would, because I was scared. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I feel like, I feel like with, you know, with what I've seen, not just only you, but a couple of my friends, everyone wants this relationship with their child, but they're not actively working on it and what what is always surprising to me is how our parents generation would get upset if they found something out from the community mm -hmm. and you're just like but you never created this space for me to come tell you something right and now right. maybe a friend that i told it got to x y and z and now they're upset and when i realized what i realized quickly when i was in college is that when your parents know stuff the community has no power have you ever, like, if Noelle, for example, let's say Noelle is 19 and she's drinking or partying and, you know, mm -hmm. someone sees her out. If mommy knows that and someone comes back, for example, me, I come back and I say, oh, my God, Weezy, guess what? Noelle was yeah. out. You, my mom once said to someone, oh, are you talking about that one time? You know, yesterday they were out with her friends. Right. Like, I realized that this form of like i know stuff about your daughter that you may not know is like a power hold do you sense that like and i feel like we need to break that down completely whereby information on your child is not a power grab for me to say oh my child is better than yours because i think there's always mm -hmm. that in the subconscious and so i think what you're doing to me that kind of breaks that because if mm -hmm. anyone ever saw noelle drinking or you know doing the things that we did at 18 19 years old as long as her right. mother knows there's no you know there's no injury <laughs> right I think, right i think in the community it's more of an injury and i and i don't know if you grew up that way but for me i grew up that way because pastor's kid you're know, limelight or whatever and at some point i'm like as long as my parents know then i don't feel bad right kind of thing. does that make sense yeah, it does. It does. I don't think I had the same experience, but I totally get what you're saying. Like, I feel like s some of the people who come to report back are using it with malicious, like, yeah. intent. Like, you know, yeah, like, oh, your daughter's out there. You don't even know about it. Like, <laughs> and so the, yeah. first time, the first time I saw my mom kind of, she knew what I was up to. The person was like, oh, okay. You know, they were like, they were like stunned and shocked. They're like, oh, yeah. you, you have this with her. And mm -hmm. I think at some point we have to kind of push that to our parents too. Like my sister and I have had to kind of push that to our parents. We're, we're, we're like, yeah. you guys know, may not like it, 
but you know, that way, if it's, if it's out there, they sort of like a safety net, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to get off to topic. Now you've talked about, you know, the constant work that you're doing. What is, what is challenging for you still as you work? Cause there are two things here. There's Noel's mental health and then there's your mental health as well and your mental well-being. Right. How, how, how is that challenging? Like, how do you balance that out? Still trying to balance the, uh, balance it out, to be honest. Um, it's, it's not easy, but mm-hmm. I will say that um, it, I just take it day by day, to be honest. Uh, I think one of the hardest thing that it, I've had to learn or unlearn per se is not immediately reacting with yelling. Like that's been one of the toughest things. So I find myself having to step back a lot. And it's so funny because now Noel will be like, mom, you just need to breathe. Like she'll know when I'm having those moments. <laughs> I remember her telling you to breathe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've seen she'll that. know, which, which actually has been helpful because sometimes I do forget and she'll like say it. And I'm like, you're right. You're right. Like she'll snap me back into reality. And I'm like, yeah, you're absolutely right. I need to take mm-hmm. this moment and breathe for my sanity so I can also be sane to to handle this situation right now. Um, But lost my train of thought there, sorry. But yeah, so yeah, I lost my train of thought. No, it's okay, we were, you were just discussing how you handle your mental health and how Noel will balance yours. And so how do you kind of, like what are the challenges with that? And I think you said it's a constant challenge every day, which you're constantly working on, but do you, do you take time out for yourself? Like, are there times that you just need, you know, cause I know you're, you know, raising Noel right now, um, you know, back in the UK and it's, you know, you're with her most of the time. I am. And so are there days you feel like you need to, you need your own like little spa day. I know we yes. came to London for like a day for a few hours where she missed you. So yes, I, there are days that you kind of feel like I gotta, I gotta take time to myself and how, how do you navigate that by making sure she's also feeling like she's not neglected by you? Absolutely. Yes. Um, yes, there are definitely days, um, that I have moments like that. And I'm lucky enough to have a partner who supports, um, the way that we're parenting. So if I ever feel like I've reached my capacity he's always quick to step in and do whatever it needs um oh and do whatever it needs to be done for me to have those moments or even if I feel like yo today I just need an entire day he'll take her and do activities outside the house and that's helped me a lot and you know I'm super grateful because I know there's not a lot of parents um who have this kind of option but that Mm -hmm. has been like a major major key for me is having a partner who can just take over now for the days where I since I stay at home and I'm mostly with her for the days where I'm by myself I just have to make sure that I fill her cup so with kids if you fill their cup their attention cup you'll find you'll be surprised to find out that if I tell her I need a moment she'll actually let me have my moment mm. um once she's had her her cup filled so throughout the days to make my days easier I will try to fill up her cup as much as possible so if I ever get overwhelmed and I tell her like hey mommy's just gonna go upstairs for a little bit I'll be right down 
I can easily do that. And that's helped a lot. That's actually something new that I'm like implementing and making sure that her cup is filled. So that way she doesn't feel like she needs to be clingy. And I yeah. can have those moments to myself during the day. Yeah. And it's, it's like, for those of you who are listening, it may sound like mm, Jemmy, but when you actually see me, <laughs> I look at you and I'm like, wow, I'm always like in awe. And then I feel like you've taught me so much about, Noel has taught me so much about patience, but also you've taught me how words matter. Can right. we talk about that a little bit? Um, <laughs> something that Weezy does with her daughter where she doesn't believe in, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, where like labeling what the child is. And I think that is something that was done to us so much when we we're growing up. And I feel like that's the one gem I, t- I take from you all the time. Because now I always watch my words around Noel, even around other kids who I may be around. Because, you know, like, I think there was a word, I don't know what, what word it was, where we were talking about the word shy or the word, right. you know, certain words. Talk about why that's important for anyone to understand, especially when they're raising a child. Okay, for me, it's important because you're putting characteristics on a child who doesn't even know what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll use shy as an example. So I I don't like, so Noelle is pretty, she, it takes her some time to warm up to people. Yeah. So I don't immediately say she's shy because I don't want her in, to internalize that and say, well, I always hear that I'm shy, so I'm shy. Or even the word like, oh, that's, how bad girls behave well if she ever behaves like that she'll always be like well because i'm behaving like this i'm a bad girl so i'm bad um so i change how i switch because you as much as they may not understand what you're saying does not mean they don't internalize it and as they grow and get an understanding to what the word means Mm -hmm. they now act like that exactly yeah so i just yeah i just want to give her the opportunity to blossom into her own being without having these labels always thrown at her daily of who she is based on how she's acting mm. no I, I completely get it and i agree with you yeah. which leads me to ask what are some of the gems you would give you know your girlfriends who are going to be mothers you know people you and i know who are close Ooh. friends of ours or even, you know, people who have grown up in the culture of of an African child, because, you know, this obviously targeted to Black mothers who of African descent. How, how would you advise them? Like, if we were in a panel sitting with, say, Kafi and, you know, any other women that we may know, what would you tell us? Because you're the one in that group, you're probably the one who's a mom that we would come to what would kind of be the gems that you drop on us? You know, even like the, the, you know, you said embrace those bad emotions, quote unquote, because emotions are emotions. There's nothing that's just good or bad emotions. What are the gems you would drop on us? If, if we came and said, Hey, we see, I need, I need some advice. Man, I got so many, but some of the important ones I would say is, since we've come um, from a culture that women are supposed to be super strong and, you know, if you're a mom, you, you hold it down no matter what, you know, you're the, the support of the family. You can't crumble. Um, What I would say is 
I hope people would unlearn that before they bring a child because Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things I struggled with was asking for help because I thought asking for help meant I'm weak. Yep. Uh, You know, I'm not a good mother that why can't I handle this Mm -hmm. by myself? Um, I would say that's the number one thing. As soon as you're pregnant, try to start unlearning, like asking for help is okay. It's needed. Like literally get a support group and use them as much as you can because um after pregnancy your emotions your hormones are all Mm -hmm. over the place and to add that extra pressure on you is just it's just unnecessary so ask for help ask for help when you need it do not be afraid to not feel like it makes you less of a mother because you're asking for help ask for help the second thing that i would say is research on like the brain development and psychology behind kids. It Mm. will save you so much grief about not taking things personally when kids do it, because especially the toddler stage, I think is where I've learned the most. They will question everything. They will go against everything. They will push your boundaries. So if you don't know that that's what they're supposed to do at that stage and you have anything that's unresolved you're going to be easily triggered. And that's, that's actually helped me being able to know, okay, I know I'm going to set a boundary and I know Noel is going to push it. I'm ready for it. Mentally, I'm ready for it. I'm not going to take it as a personal shot um, from her because that's what she's supposed to do. So, and lastly is you don't have no actually that still ties into the I think honestly the first one is the biggest one you don't have to do it all by yourself like take the breaks that you need and take care of yourself and I I, this is one that I wish that I had learned sooner because we we tend to quickly lose ourselves Mm. as when you become a mom it's no longer Louisa it's mama Noel and whenever you're ready to like go back into who you were you kind of forget Um, so take time, even if it's like once a week to reconnect with who you were before a child. So that way you don't feel like all you are is just a mom. Mm -hmm. Like you are also an individual person as well. Powerful. How do you take care of yourself? Girl, that's going to be on the (laughs) next podcast because I'm still learning. (laughs) I hear that. I hear that. No, honestly, I'm just looking at what I used to enjoy before Mm. having Noel and kind of trying to slowly put it back into my life. Like if it's music, going back to music, if it's reading, which is actually what I've been starting to do now, making sure that I have time in the day to just sit by myself and read Uh, and slowly reintroducing it to where now it's just going to be I'm mom and I'm Louisa. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I feel that. That's great. What has Noel taught you about yourself? <laughs> Honestly, as much as I, when I look back and I think about the time where I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do those first three months? Now I'm like, oh my God, what would I have done? Like some of the lessons she's taught me, I don't think there's any other way I would have learned that other than her being here. And the major one is dealing with, whatever emotions and traumas that I never dealt with or had forgotten about, honestly, um, dealing with them 
or allowing them to myself to feel them so I can move past it and be a better person for myself and for her has been the biggest lesson that she's taught me. And like I said, I don't think I would have meaning like I'm, I'm about to <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty stubborn when it comes to learning things. And I feel like it took a life changing event for me to learn mm. this and I'm forever going to be grateful for it. I would never yeah. take it back. I remember when I saw you a couple of weeks ago, you said that to me, you were like, if it wasn't for Noel, there are a lot of things I would never have changed about myself. Because no. change is uncomfortable. We all hate it. It is. Right. And it, it's, I think it's the stage of growth isn't the outcome or the destination, quote unquote, people think about. I, I think it's the, in, this, in this messiness, that's the growth. Because exactly. like, it's supposed to make you... and. I also want to emphasize it doesn't take to ha- having a kid because <laughs> people don't want to try to twist it. It doesn't take a kid. For it you doesn't. To Let's get it. It. Doesn't. it was just my experience that it took me having. Right. There's, there's one thing before we close out, there's one thing we didn't talk about, which is um, therapy, which you and I have had conversations about that. Is that something you would advise people to do before they enter motherhood? Um, just kind of get a familiar with, you know, the things that we're talking about on learning, healing from childhood trauma, just triggers, things like that. Is that something you would advise? I definitely would. A hundred percent. Like being able to uncover those traumas and deal with them uh, beforehand is definitely much easier than trying to do it while you're in the process of learning how mm-hmm. to parent. Um, so I would definitely a hundred percent recommend. And if I was to do this step again, I think that's one of the things that I would have added was, you know what, let me seek some therapy and yeah. like try to help myself be a better person before introducing someone else into this world. Um, but yeah, yeah, 100%. I, th- I think it's vital, um, as someone who's in therapy, I think it's very vital. Um, although I'm not yet a mother, I think having had conversations with Louisa or just unlearning my own childhood trauma. Yeah. I, th- I think if I was ever to be a mom, I'm just like, I'm thankful <laughs> that I'm in a space where I'm working on a lot of things mm-hmm. um, and not being able to have um, to, to, you know, to deal with that while having another human being, because I also like, I know, you know, this. like, this is someone else that you're, <laughs> it's not, you know, we see children and we're like, they're young and they're, but like she said, brain development is something that's so vital, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Louise, are there any books that you can recommend right off the top of your head? If you can't, that's okay. Cannot. Yes, actually, I can. It's called The Whole Brain Child by, um, uh-huh. by Dr. Daniel Siegel and Dr. Okay. Tina Payne Bryson. And that actually simply explains like how the child's brain works and Mm -hmm. gives you like 12 strategies on how to um, navigate when you have like these challenges presented. Um, Just a quick summary basically tells you about the right side and the left side of the brain. So it also has science to it for Mm -hmm. everyone who likes facts. It has like scientific facts um, on how a child's brain works. And that's uh, the book that actually helped me realize like, Hey, she's not, she's not doing it to piss you off. She's actually just doing what she's supposed to do. Or even when she's having a tantrum, I'm like, okay, 
she's operating on this side of the brain. I need to be able to navigate her to the logical side. And this is how I can do it. Or these are yeah. some examples. It gives you examples on how you can do that to transition. Um, so I would definitely recommend that book. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. No, thank you for having me. But, I, you know, just as a closeout, what are the five words you would use to describe motherhood? Five words. No sentence, nothing. <laughs> I can see you thinking right over that. Uh, five words. First word is challenging. Um, adapting or adaptability. Strength. Mm. Like pure love. Mm. And patience challenging adapting strength pure love and patience right i hope you all enjoyed this podcast happy mother's day to all the black queens out there that we know happy mother's day to you Weezy. i love you thank and you thank you for being here